Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions, an opportunity for you to get a seat at the table. Today, we talk with Jude, who is accelerating executives, entrepreneurs for leadership, media and speaking skills, keynote speaker, MC, producer, and a pro interviewer. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, and sharing out the Breakfast with Champions podcast so that you don't miss your opportunity to get a seat at the biggest breakfast table in the world. With that, let's grab a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Alexander Gonzalez, and I get the distinct privilege to introduce the speaker that's going to be taking over for the next hour, bringing you Talk with Jude. This is someone that's literally become one of my absolute favorite people on this app in the world, if you will. Just someone that I've met that you guys are literally going to fall in love, fall in love with her with this, within the next 60 minutes, I can guarantee you. And the cool thing is this. Jude has literally talked and interviewed people like Oprah Winfrey, Regis Philbin, Coach Phil Jackson, Larry King, Tom Cruise, and those are just a few of the iconic people that she's had the privilege of interviewing both on TV news and in talk shows. She's also the founder of the Janud Pro Development Company, where she prepares CEOs and executives for transformational leadership, speaking, media, and sales presentations. She's also the co-founder of COBE, which is the collaboration of brilliant entrepreneurs. One of the benefits of working with Jude is years and years of experience, know-how, a little bit of sass, and a whole lot of class. So with all of those things being said, Jude, the mic is yours, friend. Alexander, thank you so much. And what a great introduction. And, and you know, I'm going to introduce Alexander to you. Some of you, many of you already know him from being one of the fave mobs, special mods. They're all special, but he stays with us a long time, been with us almost for, for, for as long as I can remember. And there's a lot about the thing about the mods that I'm so excited about when I get to inter- interview them. And being able to interview Alexander is you, you hear the wonderful passion in his voice. You hear the wonderful energy and there's, there's so much to this man. And I am just beginning to learn about it. And, and we had a conversation prior to our interview and, and I first, before we even get to you, Andrew, I really want to acknowledge Glenn Lundy and Sarah McCord and all of the Breakfast with Champions team. They have been building this platform for several months. They are extending this platform. We are going to talk more about that. That's a tease, everyone, but I can give you a hint. They are growing. We are growing. So we'll be telling you about that throughout the show today. And then you're going to meet Mariella Zulu. And I will tell you that when you meet this woman, I don't know, it was Mission Impossible, the Tom, Cruise franchise. Well, if you substitute accomplishments impossible, you will know that we are talking about Mariella. So here we go. Let's start off first with Alex. And thank you again, Alexander. You are, from what I know, and we're going to find out more about you. Obviously, you're a great mod on Breakfast with Champions. And you are a father. You play volleyball. You are, I love the description of this, uh, friend, world traveler, and rhino entrepreneur. We'll find out more about that. And, you know, if you look up the word transformational, and we are on Transformational Thursday in this segment today, transformation can mean transforming appearance, and Alexander has also done that, and he will talk to us about it. But first and foremost, Alexander, welcome. Thank you for your fun introduction and for being here with us and supporting this program. And you, my friend became one of the first people along with Glenn and Nate Forrest and some others that I got to meet on this app and were so welcoming and inviting. And if you're having a bad day, anyone, I can tell you that you just need to tune in to hear Alexander wherever he is because he is so motivational and inspirational and energetic. So Alexander, first question, what makes you run? Ooh, it's such a great question. And I have to tell you, I'm very excited for this interview and, and, and very honored uh, for your inaugural segment to be here with you. And, you know, you quickly became one of my favorite people on this platform when I first heard you speak. And um, it's just been an awesome ride. But what makes me tick, if you will? Such a great question. And I can say this. One thing that I've really come to the realization of 
is that I operate at my highest level. I operate in the best state when I'm operating through the vibration of love. If I'm in a space where I get the opportunity to love on someone, I get to share love with family, I get to share love with my wife, with my children, in my business as an entrepreneur, that's when I'm operating at my highest peak. And so that might sound really cheesy, but actually love is what keeps me running. Well, you know what? I don't think it sounds cheesy at all. And, you know, as we were listening to Kate, you know, for, for her segment here, and she was talking about what makes companies run. And, and, and if it, at the heart of it, some, some companies will also say it is love, you know, loving what you do and loving life. And so let me ask you this, Alexander, we all come up with challenges and how have you overcome some challenges? And when I mentioned transformational uh, if, if along applying to appearance, you did some transformational appearance as well in yourself. What, what is the motivation for you that, that helps you reach these aspirations or the inspiration for you? Such a great question. And I would have to say, you know, when I went on to this journey of transformation, when I made the decision, now you have to understand this was a lifelong thing. Um, after high school, after being an athlete and going off to Florida State University and joining a fraternity and, you know, the freshman 15 and then the sophomore 20. And then I found myself at McDonald's at 4 a.m. getting 69 cent cheeseburgers way too often. I woke up one day and I was 120 pounds heavier than I was when I graduated high school. And I kind of gave myself every excuse in the book. I'm Latino. I'm big boned. It's my genes. There's nothing I can do about it. But I was always kind of in secret trying to lose weight uh, to the point that I was shooting myself uh, with HCG injections in my belly, eating a 500 calorie diet, um, trying to lose weight. And I was losing it. It was just the worst way ever. It wasn't until I had the moment that kind of transformed everything for me. And that, that was, I was on a roller coaster. I was about to ride a ride with my daughter, who at the time was just under four years old. And she's a little daredevil. And... I can't fit in the harness and they have to ask me to get off the ride. And my daughter looks at me and says, daddy, why can't you ride with me? And oh. in that moment, something shifted. It wasn't all the people that had to watch me get off the ride. And this is Bush Gardens, so it was busy and that was very embarrassing. It was that I couldn't tell my daughter that because daddy had let himself get to the point that I had gotten almost 300 pounds, daddy cannot be an active participant in your life in this moment. And at that moment, I literally decided no more. The shift has to happen. But I knew if I kept doing the transformation the way I'd been doing it, that the transformation, yeah, maybe I'd lose some weight, but it would be short-lived. It was time not to just transform my body, but my mind and soul as well. So the transformation could take root and have longevity and now here I am, 84 pounds lighter and active, but more importantly, because this is the real transformation for me, an active participant in all things my kids do. Nothing holds me back from being at everything and every moment that's important to them, no matter what. And for me, finding that physical transformation needed to also be spiritual and mental if it was going to have that longevity. You know, it's, it's wonderful to hear you say this because you, you had discovered and were very clear with your what you wanted to do, and then your why became equally as strong, and that was probably the tipping point for you. And as I'm hearing you talk about this, um, Alexander, I, I also wanted to talk about, because I know that you have a Master of Science in Psychology, and I'd like to ask you how that applies to your life personally and to your life professionally, to have that Ooh, Such a great question. I can tell you, um, when anyone that's gone to grad school uh, to get their degree, their master's or doctorates in psychology, you do a whole lot of self-diagnosing and you think, gosh, I have so much going on. Uh, and you diagnose all your friends and your family. You kind of go through this process where everyone becomes a constant running diagnosis as you're talking to people. And so I, I was in that space for almost a decade. I was an academic advisor at a local university and I taught developmental psychology, psychology of aging. And I was really kind of loving that career uh, and really did enjoy doing it, except I wanted more. I felt like I wasn't actually reaching more uh, people. I couldn't actually live the life that I wanted with all the abundance that I wanted because I needed more. So when four years ago, I took the leap without a parachute really uh, into 
the world of entrepreneurship, I thought and felt like, oh gosh, am I turning my back on my master's degree? But the reality of the matter is this, people, I'm in the business of people. And we heard actually Ty Lopez on this stage talking the other day, and he's a, you know, an influencer that's turned into an incredible businessman who has say, who literally said, Every single person that's in business, every single person that's trying to grow wealth, et cetera, should be doing research and empowering themselves with the field of psychology, specifically evolutionary psychology. And so having that master's degree, while I don't need that degree, that piece of paper to do the career that I do now, it has benefited me a thousand percent. And every single interaction, I can stop and take a minute, use the knowledge that I've gained and, and, and try to see where people are coming from, but also try to read people to make sure, is this person being honest with me? Is this person saying one thing, but doing another? Is this someone I can go into business with? And so for me, it has been absolutely imperative to my success outside of the space of psychology, because at the end of the day, we're all in the business of people. You know, I think that a lot of, of coaches, and there are a lot of coaches on this, this app and in the room today, a lot of coaches, their clients will tell them or say to us, you're, you're, you're like a psychologist. Well, we have to really listen and to be able to hear what's not being said. But you have the sheepskin to say, I really get this and you know what's behind it. And so I would like to ask you how you use the science of psychology and sales as well. Well, absolutely. We'll see. The reality of the matter is, is that whenever you're trying to sell anything, it doesn't matter what it is that you're selling. It doesn't matter if it's the product that I sell, if it's a shoe, whatever it is. At the end of the day, that people come down to two basic reasons as to why they buy. They're either going to buy for logical reasons. There's a logical reason that they're going to buy. And then there's oftentimes an emotional reason as to why people buy. And being able to tap into both the logical and the emotional, because I'm able to utilize my studies in psychology, my years in the space of psychology, to really get down to the nitty gritty. I'm also in the business of transformation. So the product that I sell is the product that helped me transform my entire body, 84 pounds down. Now I'm, you know, have 20,000 plus people worldwide through the ripple effect of what I've created. And yet every single time I get on the phone with someone, I talk to someone and I figure out if this is going to be a good fit for them. There's so much more than meets the eye. People very rarely truly tell you everything within you. But when you know how to ask the right questions, you know how to create a space that someone feels comfortable in answering very vulnerable questions um, to you, you know, getting themselves in that space, it has been absolutely imperative because the reality of the matter is that transformation, be it physical, mental, emotional, et cetera, it is it really messes with your mind. The journey of that transformation is oftentimes way more difficult than just actually physically changing. And when you're combating years of bad you know, habits, when you're combating years of, of, of self-deprecating talk, when you're combating years of family never believing in you, and oftentimes when you are dealing with someone who's wanting a physical transformation, I didn't get to almost 300 pounds because I didn't have any depression or anxiety and I was happy-go-lucky. The reality of the matter is, is that there was some abnormal psychological issues going on within me that I had to start checking so that the physical transformation can take root. And so every single day, and every single interaction, be it a friend, a, someone at the grocery store, a potential client, etc. I'm using my psychology degree. I'm using the knowledge that I have within me to really figure out what it is that's motivating people to want to make that transformational change. Because at the end of the day, when someone's faced with the desire to quit, the desire to not keep going, I have the tools necessary to say, hey, you told me that your why was your child. And we went even deeper and it wasn't just your child that you don't want your child to struggle the way that you've struggled. And you wanna make sure, do, 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 do. And now I can take everything that they've told me and not use it against them, but remind Are you there? Can everybody hear? Alexander, you, can you hear could you hear me? Okay. No, you, you cut out just for a moment. Just the last. Oh, okay. 
Uh, okay, so basically I, I use it in the sense that I'm able to uh, hands down, absolutely remind people of their why, of what is actually physically motivated or emotionally motivating them to want this transformation. Because when they come across those crossroads or there's moments that they want to quit, they want to quit. I remember, and it's not just the surface things that they first told me, it's the things that we went deep down into and spoke that I can then put in front of their face and remind them why they're on the path of transformation. You know, you mentioned questions. It's the psychology behind the questions that you ask. And, and I want to get back to habits because you mentioned that as well to Alexander. But talk to me, tell us about everyone who's listening. What would be an example of a transformative question? We all talk about not asking questions or multiple questions in one, in one like an ABC part or answering, you ask a question with a yes or no answer. Could you give us an example of a transformational question that gives you, provides you, for you in particular, but we can all learn from it, that provides you the insight to know where you want to go with that transformation with that individual? You know, it, it's, a, it's a great question. It's a hard one to answer, though, because I would say that there's not a blanket question that I ask all outside of why. I always start with why. What is it that's motivating you? And I'll tell you, most people, when you ask them why, are going to say something to the effect of their kids, their family, um, et cetera, right? It's, these are kind of like the go-to whys of, you know, why do you get out of bed out of morning? I wake up out of bed because I want to make sure I provide for my kids, blah, blah, blah. But when you stop and really kind of ask at least four levels even deeper of why, like why your kids? Oh, well, my kids are my why because I want to be the best version of them. Well, why do you want to be the best version of them? Because the reality is, is we have to break it down to the true essence of why we're doing this. And we will naturally hide from our own truth because sometimes the truth is so difficult to admit. Sometimes it's difficult for someone, for a woman to talk to me and say, my why is when I stand in front of the mirror, I hate myself. I literally speak so negatively about myself as I'm looking in the mirror and I tear myself down. But when I ask her, why do you want to lose weight? It's, oh, I want to lose it for the kids because I don't want my kids to struggle like me. Well, what does that struggle sound like? What is it that you're going through that you don't want them to go through? And really breaking down understand that most of the time people will initially give you a superficial answer but if they see that you care they see that you're really curious and you've created enough rapport that they feel safe they will open up but you have to continue asking the questions so that they can get to the point that they actually give you the real answer and not the easy answer to give you know i would i i, I that's the great answer uh, alexander and i also want to ask you and, you know, people, we all talk about what's in it for our audiences and it's all about them. But I do think for anyone who, who is working with people, which most of us are, whether it's speaking on a stage or individual clients or, or sales or whatever it might be, I also think you do have to say, what is in this for me personally? And what I come to for this, when I come with this statement, because we all know it's all about our audience, it's all about our clients, but I'm talking about that internal personal satisfaction. And I went to a conference, a concert with um, the Rolling Stones not too long ago, a few years ago. And they were on one of their last tours and as they keep coming back to us. And, but I watched them perform like they were a brand new band. I mean, out there with the energy and the excitement and the enthusiasm. I mean, it was not like, oh, ho, hum, another day on stage. I mean, it was mesmerizing to watch them. And I thought about this and I thought, Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. I just happened to be speaking in that same year at a rock and roll conference in, in uh, New York. And I asked the question to the audience, can you get any satisfaction? Because the Rolling Stones, one of their hit songs, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. And I thought they are not just doing this for the money. They have enough, enough revenue to support themselves, their children, grandchildren, and, and half the world probably. But there was such a, a personal satisfaction. 
of the contribution that they were making. What is that sense of satisfaction for you? Or is there that sense of satisfaction for you? Oh, Jude, you ask such great questions. And I love that story as well. And, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because satisfaction, what does that actually mean, right? That you're satisfied with the status quo. Sometimes it can mean that you've settled. You can even kind of transform that. So I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> Why? Because I want more. And so what happens is, is I reach different levels and I start to feel that satisfaction. I'm like, hold up, hold up. I got to get uncomfortable. This is feeling a little too comfy. I'm feeling a little too satisfied. I need my wanter to be hungry and more because I know that I'm destined for more greatness. I know that there's still more inside for me. So for, for me, the day that I'm going to be satisfied is the moment that I know I have given everything I've ha I have within me to reach all the goals and receive all the abundance that God has for me to be on those dream spots like you have Jude on TV interviewing these iconic humans and knowing like, wow, as a kid, I dreamed as a kid, I wished as a kid, I thought, and as a man, I brought it to fruition because at the end of the day, everything I do, my kids are watching. And I want my kids, when the day comes that the good Lord calls them up, that they leave this earth giving everything they had to raise the collective consciousness within our world, making the world a better place. And the only way that my kids will become those people is if they see their mom and dad being those people every single day. You know, I don't have children, but I will say this to you. I think that everyone listening here, every person who has a child, it's the most important role you will ever have in life. And so I think that you are probably the best, and, and I hope in your mind too, but your kids will look back and say, boy, I mean, they don't, kids don't always get this when they're young, but when they look back and reflect on their parents and the wiser, the older they get, the wiser the parents get. Have you noticed that? <laughs> but they will look back and say, boy, what a role model I had. I do want to ask you a couple more questions before we wrap here. You mentioned habits. And on this segment, Alexander, you mentioned habits. I'd like to talk about discipline and habits. And Kobe Bryant, when he retired from the Lakers that last night, a reporter asked him, she said, I understand, Kobe, that you are going to, to still exercise and work out just like you have during your whole time playing for the Lakers. And he said, yes, I am. I am going to maintain my same discipline because I've seen what happens to players who don't. So I want to talk to you about discipline and habits, because to me, we do a lot of work in habits in our coaching. You, you have to have that, that a desire, but that discipline to form the habit. You, you want to make a commentary on that with your science and psychology. Master's you, degree. you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a wonderful point And it's so very true. In fact, I bet you, if you polled, um, you know, the top 1% of the world, the billionaires of this world, the people who are making a lot of money, I bet you every single one of them would have non-negotiable habits that no matter what, they make sure to do every single day, whatever that looks like to them. Maybe it's making sure they work out and they have time to be meditative and, and read self-development. Maybe it's um, they set certain quotas of how many people they're going to reach out to etc it's very important and so part of what i do not only do i coach people in the process of transformation i also coach people in the process of building their business and ultimately you know reaching the next level the next rank etc and one thing that i started adding in when i was asking people's questions because i'd always say someone joins my team they're excited and i would say well you know what do you want to take this or you want to make a couple hundred bucks a month, you want to make a couple thousand dollars a month, you want to take this as far as it can go, are you a one, two, or three? And shortly after joining and asking that question regularly, I started asking a follow-up question. And this question has actually proved to be the most important question because again, initially people will oftentimes tell you what they think you want to hear or the superficial answer. So they're going to say, oh, I'm a two or I'm a three or I'm gung-ho, I want to take this to the next level. And then when I ask, on a scale of one to 10, when 10, 10 being maximum, how dedicated are you to actually making that goal come to fruition? And now most people are saying, 
Oh, probably a three, probably a four. Okay, so I just wanna have this conversation. You're telling me you wanna be someone who makes six, seven figures, eight figures a year, but you're only willing on a scale of one to 10 uh, to, to give it a three to make that happen. And now it's the tough question, right? How likely are you to reach that goal without the commitment or discipline necessary at the level of the goal that you're hoping to attain? And the reality is now we have to reassess our goals and see really how far we want to go. And if someone comes in and they're like, I'm a three, I want to take this as far as I go. And then they tell me I'm a 10, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Then we play a little game of ping pong. Awesome. This is one of the things it's going to take to do it. Boop, hit the ball. If they complete that, they've hit the ball back. Now we can keep playing ping pong. Okay, cool. This is your next step. Boop, they do it hit the ball back. Here's your next step. Boop. But the second the ball drops on their end because they're not hitting it back, then the question is, well, listen, let's review this. How committed really are you? You said you're a three. You said you're willing to give it a 10 to go for it. You've dropped literally and figuratively the ball here. Let's reassess and see what we want because I have a lot of people that I have the privilege of coaching and the people that are going to get my time are the people that keep hitting the ping pong, ping pong ball back, not out of any disrespect or anything because we have systems in place for the people that don't want to play ping pong, which means play at the next level, play at the highest level. But if you want to play at the high level, you got to play the game this way. This is how my coaching goes. And we reassess. And we keep doing that several times until someone, A, is the ping pong champion and now can go play on their own and play with other people, if you will, and they don't need me as much. I can now collaborate with them or really just support them as opposed to give them very directive coaching. Now I can focus on the next round of people that are ready for that really directive coaching. So um, non-negotiables and having those habits and having that discipline is absolutely imperative because not only does it help you get that success, it also allows the mentors and coaches in your life that are helping guide you on that journey to know that you really are worthy of their time. You really do want this and you really will accomplish it because our most precious commodity is time. And if I'm gonna spend my time on away from my wife and children, it's gonna be effective and it's gonna be income generating and we're gonna do this together, let's go. Or, hey, no worry, here's the system, plug and play. Hopefully that makes sense. You know what? It makes sense. And it's a, a wonderful example. And I'm going to just wrap this up so we can move over to Muriela and so that we can get her interview here. And, and I will tell everyone who's listening, know that Alexandra is going to stay with us. And if we have any time left over, we're going to take your questions. But we're going to go to our next interview. I will just summarize what I heard from you, Alexander, that we talked about what, why, commitment, discipline, and habits if you want to go and grow. Does that about say it? Love it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. So you stay with us. And now here we go. I talked about Mission Impossible, the Tom Cruise franchise at the beginning. So when you meet our next guest, our next interview, this would be Accomplishments Impossible. And it would be describing her. Psychotherapist, entrepreneur, influencer, founder of the Global Women's Magazine and Clubs. Did I mention author? Did I mention, by the way, personal, this is not in her official biography, but did I mention that she is a, <laughs> well, she'll tell you this, she won't tell you this, but all you have to do is look at her Instagram and you will know that she is a fashionista as well. So welcome to the stage. Alexander, do we have time to reset the, the room uh, while we're here? And then also we want to take this opportunity before we say hello to Mirella that here is the, the part that we need to know about. We've got so much coming up on the Breakfast with Champions. And I know that you will want to talk about that because we're going from programming from 15 hours now. What an incredible platform. Do you want to mention that, Alexander, and reset the room for us? Absolutely. Yes, you. absolutely. So guys, you are listening to Talk With Jude here on the Breakfast with Champions show. It is Transformational Thursday, and we are now doing 
15 hours of programming a day. That's starting Monday through Fridays at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard, Saturdays at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard, and on Sundays at Club 111 for church, y'all. And you can come right here, same spot. You don't gotta go to different rooms. The programming is staying just as if all of your favorite shows were on the same channel of TV and you didn't have to switch the channel. You stay right here in this room and that's how you're gonna find out all the inspiration, all the education, all the motivation of some of the greatest moderators here on Breakfast with Champions and throughout Clubhouse pouring into us daily. So let's make sure to hit that plus sign on the bottom right hand side and invite as many people as we can into this space. And we see the greenhouse at the very top. That is the mansion that Glenn built with his bare hands. And you can click on that and you can actually become a member of the club. So every single time that a room opens for Breakfast of Champions, you are notified of incredible segments just like this with Jude. Also, if you guys want, are interested in helping us spread the word through social media, feel free to take a screenshot of this stage and post it on your Instagram, Facebook, or whatever social media platform you utilize with the hashtag BWChampions. Again, that is hashtag BWChampion. Over to you, Jude. Thank you, thank you. And now here she is, Mirella Zula. Please welcome, and I certainly welcome you, Mirella. I have been looking forward to this and so excited about this. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, Jude. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor, a great pleasure to be here. And what a great interview, Alexander. Oh, my God. Yes, everything that you said, it absolutely resonates with me as well, because uh, I come from a psychological background. And uh, yeah, definitely, you're right. Everything is psychology. When I got to know about this, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to do business then. So um, thank you, Jude. I am honored to be here. Well, we've been looking forward to this. We've been trading some some Instagrams and emails. And, and when I read about you, I thought, how does one person achieve all of this in one lifetime? And so I'm sure there were some early transformations. So just take us back to what started your mission, which has been this, this global empire, if you will. Well, I, I, I absolutely love the word transformation because if there is somebody in this planet that is completely transformed, I think that's me. So I feel like I have managed to completely recreate myself, reinvent myself, reprogram myself, retransform myself. And um, I will tell you one moment when I was, um, I decided to divorce my, my husband and uh, in a country like Albania was absolutely impossible, especially coming from a very patriarchal background with uh, a family of um, eight men in, in the house. I was the only the only uh, woman that dared to say, I want my life. And uh, I remember one moment when he uh, came to threaten me, I was trying to hide uh, into my sister's house. And um, at that time I was working as a, as a journalist in one of the biggest newspapers, the biggest, not one of the biggest, the biggest newspaper in, in my country. But I don't know for what reason that newspaper was old every day, every day. It was summertime. Every day was open with a woman that was killed, a woman that was found dead, a woman that was abused, a woman. I mean, it was like a, a really pandemic, uh, abusive season. And uh, every every morning, the, the TVs were reading these headlines of newspapers. And that moment when I, I was trying to hide myself in my sister's house because I, 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 had, I made all the plans to just leave the country. I remember he came and he was shouting and said, open the door because otherwise tomorrow that newspaper where you work, it will have you in the front cover. And I remember oh. I never had that courage and that faith and that belief in myself that that night. And I said, open the door open the door right now. And I go and open the door. I said, you want to kill your wife? But your wife is dead. Your wife doesn't exist anymore. Look at me. Do I look I'm your wife? Do I look I am the right person that you married me 20 years ago? That woman doesn't exist anymore. Is dead already. I have killed her before you. And then he thought I'm crazy. Now he's a good friend of mine. Of course, a lot of things have been transforming. 
on the journey and that was um, the end of my old self. I killed myself, I killed all the cows and I moved to London in, to, in September 2012, exactly nine years ago. And since then it has been absolute transformation. That's a dramatic transformation and we could spend an hour, a full segment just on that and how you made that happen. But in essence of our time here today in this segment, I'm, I'm almost breathless about this. It's just, it's hard to take this all in about, we, we, just, we just have no idea what paths people have to cross and transform to become who they are. So I will ask you this, when you started, and I know you had worked in media and you started the Global Woman's Magazine, what is your motivation behind that? What, did, what do you, because you started, what do you want to accomplish with that platform? Oh, thank you, Jude. Yes, that's um, that's a question that probably everybody can ask, and maybe many people may be wondering uh, why you. And well, my question is always why not me? Uh, I uh, I started my career as a village teacher. I was teaching uh, in a very little school, and. Um, uh, my the village where I was living was very remote, but I always, I don't know how, but I, I always had a passion for standing, for fairness, for justice, never to fight. I don't like fighting. I come from the same country as Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa used to say, if you invite me again to protest against war, I will not be there. But if you invite me in a protest for peace, of course, I stand for that. So um, I don't like fighting. But I always had this sense of driving inside me to something that it's it's above me, above um, anything that um, I could see around me. I, I didn't learn it from my parents. I didn't learn it from my teachers or the environment. Of course, it did impact me a lot from the way I grew up. But I had a vision to stand for something big, or stand for something global. And... Um, I don't know if you have heard about this expression. I haven't. I have been using this for quite a long time now, and people laughed at me at the beginning in a good sense because it, I use it. You stand where you sit. So at that time, I was sitting into a very little uh, chair, which was a village chair, and I was standing for women in my village. And then later on, I realized there is a bigger city beyond that. And I, I managed to go and upgrade myself into a teacher into that little city. And then I found the bigger chair, which was in the capital city of my home country, Albania. And then I, I completely transformed myself from a village woman to a woman that honestly, I achieved everything that a woman in my country could imagine. So um, I, uh, I also, before I left, I managed to create a big uh, network called Equality in Decision Making um, and encourage women to go in power in the, in the parliament because I always wanted to see more women in power. And then I left. So I left because I was looking for a bigger seat. And I said, if I want to stand for a global movement, I need to find my seat. I need to find my chair. And uh, you may have a big vision, but that big vision can't sit into a small chair or into a small mind. So I had to do a lot of mindset, uh, internal work. I had to uh, prepare myself for a lot of challenges, which it, yeah, it was absolutely um, what happened when I moved to London. It was not easy. The first two, three years have been nightmare. Uh, because I couldn't find a job, I could hardly survive. I was many times so close to go homeless because I didn't have money to pay for my studio flat. I was a single mother. I had a teenager son in, in the house. He was not happy because I left his father. A lot of things that I could go wrong. But uh, one thing I should tell you, yes, I had tough time, but never, never, ever, I lost my faith on my vision. And this is what I teach today. Stay loyal to your vision because you have to go through some tests in order to deserve that big chair that you want. You know, you've, you've answered what the question I anticipated, and I want to come back to the bigger chair, by the way, but I want to move on to something else. And if you do write another book, that might be your title. I love that, um, the bigger chair. To think about, so many people have big desires. They even have big whys, big whats. And I, I'm, I'm always, I ask this of all the famous icons I've ever interviewed, the documentaries that we do of these people with big businesses and everything. What is that? And it may not be one thing. And it, you, people might say drive, desire. But what is it that makes some people just stop 
when those challenges and obstacles become overwhelming and other people, is it the strongest desire, the discipline, the commitment? It's probably a series of things, but what was your strongest that said, I'm committed to my vision, but what made you do the work? Oh, what a, what a powerful question. I have asked myself this question many times as well, because um, as I usually say, um, uh, the world is divided in two kinds of people. Uh, one part is full of sleepers and people who are still sleeping. I've been there sleeping. I was completely um, ignorant in my unhappiness. And I, I thought um, uh, it's, um, it's my parents' fault or my, my uh, ex husband fault or my teacher's fault or government or communist regime or whatever I village I could just if you read my first books because I published my first book when I was 18 18 19 years old and I published that book because I want I won a big competition um, a national competition on the phone I called the radio big national the biggest radio um, uh, on the phone and I, I entered this competition and that was with with poems and novels and things like that. So I won a competition, I published my book uh, when I was at the age of 18 and I, at that time I was still in the village. Now what happened is that I, I continued writing these books and one of the books was written um, to heal myself and that's why I say it's not the book that you read that heals you, it's the book that you write. Now when I read these books uh, many years after, I really wish people don't touch these books because they are full of sadness, so the, full of depression, uh, how, how bad people are, how bad the world is. And I have changed my story of the past as well, not just the story of what I want to be in the future. Now, what makes people get in that stack? They get stuck in the story. They, the way they interpret their story is what they get them stuck in the dark zone. People are scared of the dark zone. Tell me one successful person in this planet that hasn't been in that dark zone. That is the only way that you are going to reach your vision. When you are approaching that dark zone, when you're getting closer and closer, you have to be happy because you are getting closer to your vision because that is going to show you that you're ready. You are trained. You are absolutely ready to face anything that you need to to reach that vision because when the transmitter is reaching is 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 uh, kind of um uh, sending the message the vision to the receiver uh, it has to be a why why you and not somebody else so you have to equip yourself that you can handle it uh, and many people ha have hundreds of ideas many people have thousands of ideas and people come sometimes to me and say oh no no i don't want to to tell you my idea because people can steal it. An idea has no value whatsoever. The person who implements the idea puts the value into the idea. We as people put the value into the idea. That's why for me, what people get them stuck is the, the inability to recognize their ability. And the biggest, the biggest ability that we as human beings have is the ability to recognize that we have that ability. So from the moment that we recognize that, what we do, we have to claim it. And once we claim it, we have to take possession of it. Once we take possession of it, we, we take ownership of it. And only when we take ownership of it, we are able to share with, with other people. You can't give something that you don't have. That's why we have to take ownership of everything that we are meant to reach for our vision. So I, I hope it makes sense. I don't want to sound no, abstract. It absolutely does. And ownership is, is exactly what I think is a good word for all of us who coach, you know, because it's not that Judy said or you said or Alexander said, or it's it's when they when they start doing the, the work, we say, no, you it's yours now. It's ownership. We gave you the tools, the direction uh, that you know, put our poured our talent into it. But you do the work. And so that comes back to what we were talking about, discipline, habits, vision. And as you said, you know, really doing the work is what we all need to do. But I do want to, before I, I switch gears, I do want to ask you, because uh, there's some, some other questions that I want to get into, and I do want to go to a different topic. But I, I want to say, because I didn't know until you mentioned your son uh, now, and I did a lot of research on you before about your magazine and your women's clubs and, and some of your accomplishments, many accomplishments. You know, we hear so much about, and this applies to men too. I mean, pen, women tend to think it's it's them, but I can tell you it's men and women. Life balance, work-life balance, work balance, life balance. I think that's a figment of someone's imagination. Um, I, I just think that we, we make the choices 
and we make you made many many uh, i would say sacrifices you may not call that but you you use many many disciplines to get to where you wanted to go at, in your vision and pursuing it but but how do you manage it all and i've heard men say just finding time to write a book and i know that we all have choices which means saying no sometimes and setting boundaries for ourselves so so that we can be more fulfilled in all the areas of our life that matter to us family friend our, ourselves plus our work plus the contribution that we're making so how do you balance it if if there is that word there's that word balances but how do you manage it all let's use that word uh, well, thank you. Yes, that's absolutely a, a valid question because this is what uh, we are all struggling, especially if we are in business. It's hard to balance that. Um, I, I, I'm specialized in positive psychotherapy and in positive psychotherapy, there is something called balance model. And um, many people fail when they break that balance model, which uh, the, that balance model needs to stand in four legs. One leg is um, your body. How do you dedicate your time and, and your, uh, your love and everything that your body needs, food, diet, exercise. So definitely we need to take care of our body. Number two is our relationships. How do we... Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Allen here. We finish our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works. I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Um, focus and invest in a relationship, a relationship with yourself, a relationship with your spouse, a relationship with other people, colleagues, friends. Uh, how do we balance that relationship as well is also very important. The third leg is um, is career. How do we uh, how do we manage to also follow our career? Because sometimes, especially for us women, um, there is so much uh, pressure, and we have this guilty feeling that if we follow our career, we'll neglect the family. But if we focus on the family, we still will be judged that, oh, look at you, you never followed your career. So whatever we do, it feels like it's wrong. The fourth leg is spirituality or religion or something like something, a kind of faith or belief that you have that goes be above you. Now, these are four elements that ideally, when when um, I used to be a psychotherapist, this, this was the the, the balance model that I used to go through all my clients. Now, when I became an entrepreneur, I followed another three, con uh, another model, which is a concept of three um, parts to, to save the balance is eight hours sleep, eight hour work, and eight hour kind of entertainment, do um, other leisure activities. When I was teaching uh, one moment this into one of my classes, uh, one of my students said, oh, but you're teaching us this balance of eight hours sleep, eight hours work, eight hours entertainment, but do you, do you follow this for yourself? And I said, no, I don't. I don't follow that for myself because to be honest, I don't think I work at all. I'm not working. Because from the moment that you find something that you love, it's just eight hours sleep and the rest of the time is just entertainment. So if you ask me right now, am I working? No, I'm having fun. This is entertainment. So um, it's, it depends how do you see it. For somebody, it can be work. For somebody else, it can be leisure and pleasure. So everybody needs to find that balance. But what is really important for saving that balance is never stay in one leg. If you are a woman, for example, and you have dedicated all your life for your husband, for your family, 
for your children. One day your children grow up, your husband has left you with nothing. Where is you? That's why it's very important that you also think about yourself and also build relationship with yourself, with other people. Because what happens if, um, let's say you have focused all your life for your career and one moment something happens, but you never had time for relationships, to build friendships, to build um, trust and, and, and also um, these connections that you need in, in your journey because you never know we're human beings. Yes, then they will not be there for you. Yes, and, and it also depends on where you are in your journey. You know, for people who have climbed all their financial mountains and they have the luxury of, of having people run their household, some people do, and their businesses, and they have a lot of help. But it's the people who, you know, who young children especially, and and building those, building their, their financial mountains, their security, their future, you know, maintaining it all. I think this was excellent advice and, and how you laid it out for us. And I do want to ask you, because we are going to open it up in, in the remaining few minutes from for our mods to ask some questions and then anyone else was listening. But I do want to open it to ask you, this question a little bit about the um, something just you interview it's it's fun to interview by the way it's fun for an interviewer to it's fun for me anyway to interview you uh, do you like being interviewed by the way sorry say the question again jude sorry I said, darling, it's, I fun, it's fun for me when i'm interviewed oh bless you absolutely do you, you like are a great interviewed? interviewer oh, absolutely thank you well thank you well my question here is about how do people if they would if you i know you featured Oh gosh, uh, Jennifer Aniston on your on your covers. I've seen that. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Who? What? How would we approach you? And what kinds of stories do you like for your Global Women's Magazine? Um, yes, I. Uh, uh, by the way, I have five magazines now. I own five magazines, and I have a team that are all the time looking for contributors, for great stories, for experts, and especially in the clubhouse, I believe. Um, um, most of the people here, they are experts, trainers, coaches, consultants, entrepreneurs. They have a kind of expertise. And I would love to hear from anybody who has something to share in the, in the magazine, especially if you are a woman. But of course, I have um, a magazine which is called Global Men as well and another one, London Business Magazine. So guys, please don't feel excluded. But if you are a, a woman, we love to share women's story be stories because my mission and my vision is empowering women. And how I do that, if you want to empower a woman, give her a microphone. And that is the whole philosophy behind Global Women. We give women a microphone to, sh to stand in their power, to share their stories, to share their expertise, to get that visibility because for a long, long time we have been hiding and we have been... Uh, just sitting in the corner because this is what other people told us. But finally, we have reached a, a, an amazing time and probably we are the first generation. We're breaking so many taboos and, and uh, creating a better future for the next generation because we're doing a lot of work. We're not perfect, but we definitely have improved a lot from the past generations. You know, I have a feeling that your bigger chair is going to keep getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> We can talk about that. I do want to ask you one last question before I open it up to everyone on stage. What is your definition of an influencer? Um, well, uh, that's a very interesting point because uh, uh, we, we talk a lot about influencers, influencers. I have a, a manifesto, um, uh, a manifesto model that I explain a lot, which starts with the moment that you, you wake up. From the moment that you wake up, you just feel that you have a desire. And when you have a desire, what you do, you move to the next level, which is searching, searching where to find that, that, that um, uh, food that you, you, you need in order to uh, fulfill your needs inside you for that desire. And then from, um, from that stage, you become an explorer. But what happens when you explore, as you keep exploring, and this is what happened to me, and this has what I have seen happening to so many people. Once you have the desire, you start searching and exploring, you become an explorer, but by exploring, you know more because you learn more. And once you learn more, then you become an expert. And from an expert, you become in a position that you can do more because you can, you, you have learned a lot, you have, you have explored a lot. You have reached to a point when you you can do a lot. And then you move to that stage where 
uh, you can share your expertise, you can share your story, you can stand in your power, you can give something that you already have possessed and taken ownership. And at that point, you are influencing other people because you don't know from the moment I realize that uh, it can be a story or it can be a book, it can be a quote, it can be a movie, it can be anything that can change people's life. It has happened to me and it can happen to anybody. That's why when you reach that position that you have already possessed the gift that you have, the knowledge that you have, and you are able to share with other people, that is when you reach the stage to influence others. And this is how I would describe anybody who has the capacity to take ownership of their skills, gifts and knowledge and expertise and be able to share with others, they have reached the stage of influencing others. You know, that's a powerful, I feel anyway, this is a powerful lesson for all of us to learn. And I think it's difficult. You know, you hear people talk about they can't accept a compliment and they just, you know, will toss it off and they'll say, well, they don't want to be self-conscious or they are self-conscious and they just don't want to have people acknowledge them that way. I also think it has to do with taking your gifts, your talents and the results and your contributions for granted because they are our innate gifts. And so often we take those gifts for granted where others stand in awe of it. And so I think that's all part of taking that ownership, that word again, the ownership of your brilliant gifts, and then you become an influencer. I can't tell you how much I enjoy being with you. I do want to open this up for questions for Alexander and for you, for the people, any of our mods on stage who would like to ask a question, please do. And then if we have some time, we're gonna to move to our listeners and let them ask some questions for either one of our, of our energetic and successful entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. If we do not, I thought I saw some hand raised in the audience, but maybe I don't. Oh yes, we do. We have Sarah. We'll bring Sarah up if she is still in the room. Okay. Thank you. I'm still in the room. Okay. Go ahead and ask your question. Well, I want to thank Mirella because she is the one who pinged me here and I was so lucky to listen to her. She's one of the best um, mentors that I can work with. So the question is um, the transformation process. Um, I want borrow a lot of the lines that Marilla has shared about her journey, but I can just tell that um, I started this transformation from a survivor to a thriver and I launched Thrivers on the Move, helping victims of sexual and gender-based violence, immigrant survivors who live in the USA to be matched to jobs, to be skilled workers so they can work and have financial stability. Wow, what a uh, wonderful contribution. Thank um, you so much, Jude. And the question sure. Yes, yes. The and question. the question Yeah, and the question is how can I align my transformation as an individual victim, a thriver myself, with the transformation um, that I'm doing with thrivers on the move? The organization is strong, but maybe I'm weak. The organization is weak, but maybe I'm strong. How can the individual be transformed and be on their own space and time? and the organization itself be uh, on its space and time without impacting each other at the thank time you, of Thank you, thank you. Let, let's get an answer here before we have to go. Let's get an answer. Okay, can you please answer for us? Uh, is that a question for me? Yes, ma'am. Okay, or for anyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I, um, I hear you, my darling, my sister. I hear you, I know what you mean. Uh, I've been there when, um, when I remember when I had this vision on doing something global, on, on uh, creating a global community of empowered women or having a global vision, I thought I need a coach. And I remember I went to a coach and he made me cry. He thought I'm not normal. And uh, he, he really judged me based on what, who I was at that time. He said, you have to come down to earth. Look at yourself. How can you reach this? All these kind of things that you're telling me you want to reach it in the next two years, in the next three years. I mean, this is not realistic. Let's do something realistic. And he said, this is realistic. This is what I want to achieve. He said, no, you don't have food in the table to put for your son and yourself. You don't have money to pay your rent and you want to, to build this global empire in such a short time. We have to sit down 
and be down to earth. Now, this is the thing. If people tell you you can't do it, it's because they can't do it, not because you can't do it. It's because they can't. It's not because they don't like you or they, they hate you. It's because they don't believe that it is possible. And some, somehow it's not possible for them, but it's possible for you. Now, there if you, you have this vision, if you have this vision that you want to do something that you are meant to do because the transmitter has sent you this amazing, powerful vision, you have to take ownership of it and say, yes, I can do it and I will do whatever it takes because it's trust. It's given it to you and you have to take responsibility. Start first with the organization. I didn't start with myself. I started, I, for a year, people didn't know who, who, who is behind Global Woman. Everybody would say, who is behind this organization? I was, I was terrified to say it was me because people, I thought people would say, who you think you are? So build the brand first. Build the brand, build the organization, and then build yourself. Yes, and I love what you said about because they can't, they say you can't, and you can't listen to that if they can't word. Now, we are going to be closing this segment. I can't thank you enough, Alexander, for being with us. And Morella, you are so, we could just go on and on. This is a great conversation. Sarah, thank you for your work that you were doing and for your question. I am so happy to reset the room and to let you know that you will be continuing with Breakfast with Champions, the extended programming, 15 hours. They've got a big event coming up in November, which you're going to be hearing about. So mark your calendars. If it's coming up, I think it's in November 5th. We're going to start that for sure. We'll let you know for that. And for sure, you can also DM me for any information. And there's going to be great speakers, of course, Glenn and Sarah and Dave Meltzer and many others. Alexander, thank you. Mirella, thank you. I, I hope we get to have our conversation offline that we've been talking about. If I get to London, I'm going to come and see you. Now, please, let's reset the room. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.